Welcome back to Language Stories, a podcast discovering languages around the world and meeting the people who speak them. It's season two. We've flown halfway across the world from the Americas, and now for this season, we're exploring Southeast Asia. I'm Lindsay Williams from Lindsay Does Languages, a language-obsessed chica on the constant exploration of language no matter where I am in the world. In this episode, welcome to Vietnam. Vietnam, a long, thin country straddling the length of the eastern coastline of Southeast Asia, a uniquely shaped country with a unique language taking the same name, Vietnamese. Unlike its linguistic neighbours, Vietnamese is written in the same alphabet as English, albeit with a few diacritic additions in the form of multiple accents seemingly piled on top of one another to the untrained eye. And whereas similarities can be found between Thai, Lao and Khmer, or Khmer, and further south between Malay and Indonesian, Vietnamese is much more closely related to its northern neighbour, Chinese. I was visiting for a matter of weeks, making three language stories episodes in the process. There's no way I'd have been able to learn the language in the time I had there. But thankfully, I met someone who was learning some Vietnamese, Gaston Doran. In preparation for his recent book, Gaston chose to learn Vietnamese, and I wondered why. We spoke a few days before he visited the country for the first time with months of study under his belt. What was the inspiration to learn Vietnamese? Uh, I am writing a book about 20 major world languages, uh, a range from small to big. I mean, even the smallest one is uh, quite big, and that is Vietnamese, which has about 85 or 90 million speakers. Um, and I thought it would be a nice introduction to the book, a nice way of leading the reader into the book, if in the first chapter I am as ignorant as the rest of us uh, and just and, uh, embark on a language that I have very little idea about and which I do not speak at all, wow. and which is very different, of course, from both English and Dutch and other European languages. Yeah, absolutely. And so how has that been so far? So you've been learning the language for how long now? I've been... I began about just over a year ago, but then there was also a couple of months when I wasn't working on it. I had lost my motivation at the time. Um, and then I picked it up again with a uh, teacher through Skype, you know, uh, through uh, Italki, uh, this, this, this platform. And that was, a str that was a very strong motivational factor. Okay, yeah, it helps having that uh, helps. accountability, yes. I think, isn't it? Oh, the teacher's going to be waiting. They're going to expect me to have improved. Yeah. Exactly, accountability and also uh, the idea, I didn't mention that yet, that I was going to go to Vietnam. I mean, up to that point, it was just, you know, I want to write this chapter, which, okay, if you study the language for a couple of months, you can easily write something about the language. That's mm -hmm. not all that hard, but it's much more fun, I hope at least, to go there. And it's certainly much more motivating. Uh, yeah. motivating. How different has it been then studying Vietnamese to languages that you previously studied? Oh, very different. Uh, yeah. Vietnamese is more like... Chinese, which I do not speak, mm. uh, except that it has uh, an easier writing system because they use our uh, Roman alphabet, uh, unlike Chinese, which has, of course, these horrendous character, <laughs> character which are beautiful, <laughs> but very, very hard to learn. Yeah. Uh, and strangely, Vietnamese is somewhat like sign language. Of course, it's different in that it's oral. I mean, you, you speak it with your mouth and you listen to it with your ears. But its grammar is more like um, uh, sign language. And I remember back when I was learning sign language, people said, yeah, sign language is a bit like Chinese because the grammar is similar. Mm -hmm. And that's actually true. 
Interesting. So, so that would be one of the easier aspects of the language than you think the grammar. Um, With yes, Vietnamese. no. The easy. Yes, I understand. The <laughs> good thing about Vietnamese grammar is that you don't have to conjugate and what's the verb decline, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to conjugate the verbs, and you don't have all these case endings like in Russian or in I think Arabic. I'm not quite sure, and German. Um, but the there are a couple of very let's say, unfortunate things about Vietnamese. Uh, And one is that they do not have well-defined words. The language has syllables which have a meaning, and there are certain habits of putting syllables together uh, with a certain extended meaning, you might say. And you might call these words, but that is not how traditionally they have thought about them. So if you look at a Vietnamese dictionary, you will often not find certain uh, words because to the native speaking mind these are just combinations of syllables with a meaning. And so when you get to Vietnam in two days did you say that? So yeah I'll soon. be landing on Saturday yeah. Okay so when you arrive and you've got how long there? Uh, three weeks. Three weeks. three weeks. What are you most looking forward to being able to do with the language? Um, well I'm, as I said, I'm very much a passive polyglot. So I think realistically, I will be, uh, uh, I will be able, I hope, in the course of those three weeks, to ever better read what I see around me. Yeah. I mean, I will take lessons. I will take. I will have Vietnamese classes with a teacher there. I'm, I'm in the process of organizing that uh, every day. I hope every morning. And I hope that I will talk to people somewhat, perhaps make order order things in a shop or in a in a uh, 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 what you call that street side cafe or something like that. Yeah, yeah, sort of like a street uh, food thing. Yeah, yeah. There is this thing called um, uh, cha da, which 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 are these um, very small chairs on the uh, on the pavements where you can order tea or beer and. Uh, oh. um, uh, and I hope I can make my orders there in Vietnamese. And sometimes I'm sure I will have to. I'm not. I'm sure that many people do not speak English. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But more to the uh, feeling of being empowered by being able to read stuff. Before long, it was time, and we were heading to Vietnam ourselves with very little knowledge of Vietnamese. My vocabulary of xin chào and cảm ơn quickly increased to include ban mi, bo, va and ga after a walk around our neighbourhood on the first evening. That's baguette, beef, noodle soup and chicken if you're curious. Although they're probably pronounced pretty badly, so don't take my word for it. But I didn't get much further than that. I reached out for help on Instagram and that's how I met Tree. We met in real life in a noisy bubble tea shop. What's your story? Uh, well, I was, well, my parents are Vietnamese, but I was born in, in Switzerland. Okay. Yeah, so... Growing up in Switzerland, I, I haven't really had any, a lot of contact with Vietnamese people or, or Vietnamese friends in general up until university. That's when I gradually got to know a few Vietnamese people or friends. And in time, I just, this, there's this, there was this identity crisis that I had. And so I always wanted to come to Vietnam, but it wasn't until like I was 27, and so two, well, two years ago, that I actually went to Vietnam for the very first time. And I loved it. I was like, oh, okay, wow, that's, so that's my roots, basically. So I, and one year after, I went again, but both times only for one, but two or three weeks, so very briefly. So then I decided to um, actually move to, to Vietnam, Saigon, 
for a longer period of time. So yeah, this time I'm here for at least one year, I hope. And uh, I'm trying to teach. Uh, I haven't started yet. I'm more traveling right now and just exploring parts of Vietnam. But uh, I do intend to teach here. Yeah, teach English for Vietnamese people. Yeah, and that's basically my goal. In terms of reasons, there are many. Like I want to improve my Vietnamese because I haven't really studied Vietnamese at school officially. Mm. So I wanted to come here and actually build a solid foundation for uh, like the Vietnamese language. So far, so good. But I had to ask Tree what he found surprising about learning Vietnamese. And it turns out, quite a few people think Vietnamese is written in a different-looking script than English speakers might be used to. That's actually a fun thing because. I've, uh, I've got asked, like, uh, I got asked twice about whether or not it's difficult to learn the Vietnamese characters. I'm like, Vietnamese characters? <sighs> well, we use the Latin alphabet, so yeah. So yeah, a long time ago we did use characters, but um, yeah, I think starting twentieth beginning of, beginning of twentieth century, yeah, roughly or, or yeah, it got more widespread. Let's say, right. let's put it that way. Yeah. So that was the French. Yeah, exactly. Were the French also responsible for the very high quantity of accents yeah, and diacritics? Exactly. Was so that diac- as well? Exactly, exactly. Oh, mercy. Like, like <laughs> also, like, with the tone, you see the accent aigu, accent grave, right. and the complex. So what's, what's and complex? then just like seven of them on one letter. Yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. why not? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, okay, that is tricky. We have like a lot of. What's called? Diacritic? Di- di- diacritic, di- yeah. Diacritics, yeah. yeah, yeah. It is to uh, indicate the tones. Mm. as well as for certain letters in the alphabet. Okay. So, yeah. The so some letters in the alphabet have those markers on exactly. their, their own letter and their own right? Exactly, okay. exactly. So, okay. for example, um, we have three variations of the letter A, uh-huh. or three variations of the letter O, two variations of the letter E, and two versions of the letter U, and stuff like that. Okay. So, it sounds com- like a complicated, but it's... You, I'd say most of the sounds you you, you know them already. So, um, yeah, so it's just a matter of just learning how to how to pronounce it. The tones are more difficult, obviously, especially for foreigners who haven't learned any tonal languages before. Yeah. But for example, how many tones are we talking? Six. Six. Yeah, okay. 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 Time for me to show off my ban mi bo ga, aka the extent of my Vietnamese. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me tell you what sure. I know so far. Sure. So go ahead. Xin chào. Xin chào. Huh? Nice. This one I can never say quite right. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I'm saying gammon and mm. come on, right? Uh, come yeah. on. Yeah, cảm ơn. Cảm ơn. I'm more like yeah, an uh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like a uh, cảm ơn. Cảm ơn. Yeah, thank you. Cảm ơn. Cảm ơn. Cảm ơn. Okay, okay. Because I feel like. Like we say it to like people in, in accommodation, like they yeah. come and I don't know, change the bed sheets, and I'll yeah. say, "Come on!" And then they sort of turn around as if I'm saying, "Come on!" Uh, and I'm like, "Oh no. No, 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 no! I must be doing this wrong." Okay, so yeah. come, come on, come on, come on. Okay, yeah, remember Good. that. Mm-hmm. Very um, useful. I've learned from just from the street, ga chicken. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ah, wait, ga, ga, uh, yeah. I, but because ga, if you say like, G A, right? It's, yeah. That is pronounced as ga, but it's not not like a good sound. Ga, ga, because ga like ga means fish. <laughs> like C A means it's pronounced ga is fish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But G A is like ga, 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 
Okay, sort of more from the... Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Chicken. Chicken, And ball. Ball, yeah. Obviously, I've seen... And I'm going to say this one wrong. Sure. It looks like pho, but it's pronounced maybe pho. Yeah, pho. Pho. Yeah, pho. Maybe I could use a little help. I asked Tree to help me prepare to buy two train tickets to Da Nang, where we'd be heading the day after we met. Find out how that goes in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsor. Season two of Language Stories is sponsored by Lingora, the 100% free online language community where you can share your spoken and written language practice and get feedback totally free. Hop on to elingora.com and sign up. Next, submit an audio or written text in the language you're learning and then wait for feedback. Of course, as Lingora is community-based, it's nice if you can take a minute or two to give someone else some feedback in a language you know already while you're waiting. And soon enough, there'll be some feedback on your audio and text too. This week, I used Lingora to practice my French. It's been a long time since I've spoken French, but Lingora made it super easy because once I logged in, I clicked add new audio, chose a topic to talk about, and then picked from one of the questions and prompts presented to me by Lingora. I chose the advanced level question, are professional sports people worth their very large salaries? And recorded for around two minutes right there on the same page, speaking French spontaneously out loud for the first time in months. Awesome. Now I've submitted my audio and I'm awaiting feedback from the community on my French. And not just any old feedback, people get to rate my accent, fluency, intonation and pronunciation. So it's super easy to give feedback as well as to get it. And next episode, I'll try something new on Lingora and let you know how it goes. Okay, so here we go. Hi, where are Danang Jong? Um. Okay. Can you say it again? Hi, where are Danang Jong? Maybe the last part. Jo. Uh. Jo. Uh. Jo Nhật. Jo Nhật. Jo Nhật. Jo Nhật. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Uh. They will understand. Hi, Yeah, Spoiler alert, it worked. We got to Da Nang. Hooray! But that's for a different episode of Language Stories. A week or so later, we made our way further north to Hanoi, where we met with Sapphire and Schnegi, who taught Gaston. This happened completely by accident. I contacted Vietnamese Teachers Group. That's how we met. But I'd also contacted the teacher's emails that Gaston had given me and got no reply. Yet here we were, magically meeting to end the first episode of season two. And of course, I had to ask what Gaston was like to teach. So you taught Gaston, correct? Yes, I taught Gaston. Were you there as well? Yeah, I met Gaston before. Ah, okay, okay. What was he like as a student? He's a hardworking student, I must say, and he studied really hard and also like he inspired me as well like normally teacher teachers gonna inspire students right mm-hmm. but the way he works on the book and study Vietnamese just like inspired me a lot and motivated me to study a new language as well oh wow <laughs> so, yeah we'll hear from Gaston after his trip in a few minutes but first there's a little more we need to learn about Vietnamese what languages do you think are related to Vietnamese Firstly, we have to uh, have to uh, mention Chinese because uh, China and Vietnam, China, China and Vietnam is very close to each other, 
and if we had the time, well, in, we had to uh, invited by them, and a lot of vocabulary in Vietnamese from Chinese, yeah. But I think also like French, French, because Vietnamese alphabet is based on French. So I think French and Chinese influence in Vietnamese. Okay. And I think with Vietnamese people studying Chinese and French is easier than English, of course. Mm. Yeah, okay. So uh -huh. it, yeah, because English there's no yeah. connection. There's yeah. No, right, okay. So with French then, I'm curious, because I've noticed as someone who three weeks ago spoke zero Vietnamese, <laughs> I can pick up some words now, especially like food. We mm. see like ban me, so that's from French, right? Mm. Okay, so there are quite a few words. And then cafe. Yeah. Right. Yeah, cafe. Cassette. Cassette. So you mentioned this before we started. Yeah, we did. Like a stereo. Yeah, stereo. The old ones. Old stereo. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's time. The dreaded tones. You might be most familiar with tones from Chinese, or maybe you know nothing at all and think I'm talking about ringtones for your mobile phone. I'm not. Tones are a linguistic feature of certain languages. It's all about the way you say a word or a syllable, and that can change the meaning of what you're saying completely, sometimes being a totally different word. They're pretty common in Asian languages, but can be found in languages across the world. Vietnamese has six tones to get to grips with, so you can avoid messing up and saying the wrong thing. Let me, let me introduce the tones first. So we have mid-level with no tones, but it's considered as a tone. It's funny. And high-rising tone, low-falling tone, low-broken is the hard one. Low-rising and high-broken. This one is hard as well. Okay. So you should try it out. Okay. okay. So mid level is just normal, right? Yes. Mm. Okay. So that would be like ma. Yeah. yeah? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a good start, but that's the easy one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> then voice starts high and goes up. So like higher than ma. Ma. So like ma. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You notice I'm having to move my <laughs> like we said. Okay, uh, this one then starts low. Okay, so yeah. Ma. <laughs> ma. It's ma. like low, but then it's low, take longer. So. Okay, ah, rises sharply, gradually falls with it. Okay. Yeah, your the tongue is falling down. The tongue is falling down. Okay. Ma. Gradually. Yeah. Ma. Yeah. Ma. Right. Yeah. Okay. Starts a little below the middle of the voice, falls immediately, <laughs> rises higher, and then. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So it starts just below. Okay. So. No, no, it's not like that. It's just forget it. Just say it's just really short and down. Uh huh. So. Ma. Yeah. Ma. Exactly. Oh, okay. Ma. Yeah, yes. your your tongue falls down totally. Just the complete. Yeah. Ma. Ma. Okay. Oh. Starts it's quite hard. low, dips slightly, and rises rather slowly. Okay. So <laughs> this is like ma. 
Yes. Oh, really? Ma- yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Starts just oh, above one. normal speaking and goes down. And, okay, so it's like... Ma. 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 Yeah, ma. Ma. Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite. Ma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. 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 So, so you you um, you nail it. Oh, nail it. Good job. <laughs> I'm impressed. You should learn Vietnamese. I, have a, I should. Our time in Vietnam was coming to an end. I was no closer to speaking Vietnamese. It's a completely new language to me, and there was no way three weeks would do it justice especially when we were filming three episodes of Language Stories during our time there. But now, it's time to hear how Gaston got on during his time here in the country. Great. I had a really good time. I spent three weeks almost nearly only in Hanoi. And I'd never been to East Asia before, except the Philippines a long time ago, which is very different. And I really liked the atmosphere of Hanoi and also of the other place where I spent very little time. Uh, you know, the style of sort of personal interaction was uh, very nice, very different from what I've experienced in some other parts of the world. I don't want to yeah. bad talk any other parts of the world, so I'm not going to mention them. <laughs> but I, I really like uh, I really like the, the atmosphere in, in Hanoi, and I suppose I can say in, in Vietnam. Mm, mm. Oh, that's cool. And how about language, on the language front? How did it go? On the one hand, it was great to hear and see Vietnamese all around me all the time, uh, whenever I was not speaking English, of of course, Mm. or Spanish. Um, So that was good and useful and helpful. But uh, And it was also good to have a teacher that, that I saw nearly every day of the week. Oh. But at the same time, it was a bit disappointing as well because I didn't mm, advance as much as I had hoped before, especially in speaking. I think I've learned quite a bit of new vocabulary and what what I knew already has now taken root more firmly. Mm. But the speaking is really, you know, conversation in Vietnamese is really largely still beyond me, frankly. Yeah. And why do you think it was disappointing? Is it that you feel that compared to learning other languages, your expectations were higher based on on that? Right. Right. Um, Maybe my expectations were unrealistic, but I remember the first time I went to Spain when I was a student. Uh, I had already studied some Spanish, so I was not not an entire newbie. I had, you know, used these tapes as they as we used them back in those days. Uh, but when I spoke to Spaniards, uh, I, at first I had enormous trouble understanding them. But after a few weeks, that got a lot better. Mm. Partly also because they forced me to speak Spanish because their English was so, well, lousy, frankly. Um, and mine wasn't too good either at the time. Uh, so Spanish was our best option. Uh, and I expected that sort of to happen in Vietnam as well, except mm. that the people I spoke to, nearly all of them had good English. Mm. And um, and Vietnamese is just so much more difficult to understand. I'm not good at understanding languages. I'm, I'm, I'm not good at you know uh, identifying things people say. Yeah. But Vietnamese was way harder than any European language I've tried so far. <laughs> and one of the things that you mentioned was that um, you know you thought, okay, which one of these languages should I look at a little bit more in depth for this book? And Vietnamese, you picked one reason because of the alphabet thinking, okay, yes. there's something to grasp onto. Do you think, in, in, in sort of hindsight, hindsight is always a wonderful thing, isn't it? Do you think in hindsight, uh-huh. was that a good decision or would you have perhaps considered, knowing what you know now about Vietnamese, would you have considered uh-huh. another language with a different script? Or are you, are you happy no, with your choice? No, for me personally, this 
were this was the best choice. Yeah. However, if you are a person who really likes to learn a language through hearing it and speaking it without paying much attention to the page, to the written language, perhaps then, then in that case, uh, choosing a language with a different script or even Chinese, which had a very, very different Mandarin. Yeah. I mean, in that, if you're a person like that, those languages may be preferable. But to me, they're another nightmare. I mean, I really want to be able to read what I've just tried to say or what yeah. I've heard, and I want to see language in the street. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes it so much easier. It's still hard, but it makes it so much easier. It very often occurred that I was speaking to my Hanoi teacher, Kovluan, uh, and I would, you know, piece together a sentence, and she would look hesitant and say, well, yes, people would understand that. It's technically correct, but we just wouldn't, wouldn't put it that way. And that's, you know, things like, I would say something like, um, uh, I don't know where to go, which is a simple sentence, right? Yeah. Uh, or something like, I don't know where I shall go, where I will go, which is another way of putting it, the same thing. But in Vietnamese, you would rather say something like, I don't know the place where to go, or something like that. I don't know the place to go, that's it. I don't know the place to go. So you use a noun, like place or I don't know the manner of doing that, instead of I don't know how to do that. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. It doesn't even sound all that strange, but it's just not what comes to us, uh, English speakers, Dutch speakers, I think European language speakers, naturally. Mm. Okay, cool. And one final question then. Do you have plans then to, to continue learning Vietnamese? Do you have plans to go yes. back to the country? Uh, yes, but, uh, yes, on both counts. Mm. Um, I really enjoy... Well, the challenge of Vietnamese, I mean, it's not all that useful, frankly, but it's such a tremendous challenge for a linguophile, well, like myself and like yourself. Um, and the, I've only seen such a tiny bit of the country that I would really like to return, well, perhaps next year or the year after, uh, I hope with my wife who hasn't been there at all. Um, and as I said, the atmosphere is so pleasant that I really look forward to um, meeting uh, well, some Vietnamese people in particular and the Vietnamese people in general uh, once more. I really enjoyed our time in Vietnam, especially getting the chance to learn a little more about the language while we were there. It's not a language I'll be learning anytime soon, but as a crazy cave lady, yes, I love caves, I'll be heading back there at some point in my life to visit Song Dung Cave, the largest cave in the world. So I've got my reason and I'll definitely learn some Vietnamese in the future, especially now I know the basics at least. You've been listening to Language Stories, a podcast by Lindsay Does Languages. If you like what we do and you like video, then head on over to our YouTube channel where you can watch the sister video to this podcast episode. Just search Lindsay Does Languages on YouTube and on our channel, you'll see the playlist for Language Stories. Special thanks for this episode go out to Gaston Doren. Be sure to check out his new book, Babel, out now. And if you haven't yet read his previous book, Lingo, go do that now too. It's a true gem. Tree from Language Accepted. Check him out over on YouTube and Instagram. Sapphire and Schnegi from Vietnamese Teachers Group. Thank you. And of course, to our sponsor from this series, Lingora, a place to share your spoken and written language practice and get feedback completely free. Boop. Visit elingora.com to sign up for free today. Be sure to leave a review if you enjoyed this episode, as that helps new listeners to find the podcast easier. 
you write the review and leave the rest to the tech robots. And finally, if you have a language story that you'd love to share, or you know someone that does, get in touch. You can email me at lindsay, that's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at doeslanguages.com. That's lindsay at doeslanguages.com. I always love to hear from you. And as always, you can follow me in all the usual places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that jazz, and learn more at lindsaydoeslanguages.com. Until next time, keep learning languages and keep sharing stories. Tambiet!